0: Welcome back to the podcast, we're on episode 45. welcome back to the podcast, my friends. We are on the second episode of the mini-series, perimenopause. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week, I encourage you to do so. We're discussing estrogen and the role it plays in the body. And it was really fascinating, this information that I have found over the last several years as I was researching to understand what is happening in my own body. And I wanted to share that with you because I think the more we know about our body, the more aware we are of what's happening, then we're not feeling as overwhelmed and we can support ourselves. And then if something is calling us to go to our doctors or a doctor of homeopathy or uh, you know, whoever, our functional medical practitioner, that we have the information all set up and it makes their job a lot easier and we're able to collaborate with them. Now, if you're someone who has a little trouble with advocating for yourself, because trust me, I've been there, I recommend going over to episode 40, Tips to Self Advocate Your Next Doctor's Appointment, or episode 42 with Carrie Beckier, who has been through a long harrowing. road with health issues, and she is helping her clients to navigate all that is the medical system by helping you to collaborate with your doctor. So those are two episodes you can listen to together or apart, and I encourage you to do that, as well as listen, like I said, to last week's episode because we talk about estrogen. Now, in today's episode, I am going to be getting into its counterpart, progesterone, and also the stages of perimenopause. And I know I said I was going to talk about the symptoms this week, but I wanted to give you a little bit more. Information before we get into symptoms, because you know sometimes we get this information and it becomes again overwhelming. And at least for me, I felt like not fully understanding what was going on. I had to dig for more information, and I just felt like I was leaving things out. Uh, I just I want to know things. I'm sponge, and I think if you're listening to this, this is really good for you to again self educate. But the other thing I wanted to uncover was that you know I'm a mom of a daughter, and I grew up I. <laughs> I don't, living in the woods, the dark woods, what was going on with my body, and you just figure things out along the way. I don't want her to have to go through that. I want to be able to have open discussions with her of what is happening in her body so that she can also best support her body. And then in the years that she's still living in this home, those, you know, pubescent teen years, that I am able to help support her naturally with foods and encourage her to get good sleep and exercise and do all the things that, you know, I wish that I was doing when I was younger, rather than in my 20s, you know, hanging out at the bar late at night, smoking cigarettes, eating, you know, pizza at midnight, although it was quite delicious ranch chicken pizza. (laughs) I wish I was doing some things to support my hormonal health and that maybe it would have positively affected what is going on now. It's about that proactive action, right? We want to be able to take care of ourselves Uh, I wish we could go back and take care of ourselves then to help support us now. But there, you know, with all the amazing information out there that continuing to come out around, uh, you know, pre perimenopausal, menopausal health, we can help to support ourselves and hopefully stave off any of those crazy diseases and issues that might incur when we're older. So let's get into one quick thing before we get started. I am not a medical doctor, nor do I play one on TV. I'm just here for educational purposes. Again, so take this information, take it with a grain of salt, take what you need, leave what you don't, and use what you do take to help you live a healthier life. Let's start out with giving some clarity around pre versus perimenopause. So the medical definition or the medically used term a lot of the time is that perimenopause, you're gonna see it pop up up a lot. I know some people I've discussed, but they don't know what I'm talking about. And that's fine. I didn't know what I was talking about either before I started looking up this information. But that that perimenopause... Is anywhere from now, this is it's constantly being redefined, but as it's most recently defined, uh, those years leading up to menopause, and that can be anywhere from you know five to seven years, it can be for some people, 10 years, you ex- experiencing a variety of uh, perimenopausal symptoms. Uh, it really depends on lifestyle factors. So, for instance, if you're a smoker, which I recommend you quit smoking, my friends, that can put you into perimenopause and menopause earlier. Different, of course, lifestyle factors, genetics, um, and stressors, things like that. They all affect how and when we are experiencing uh, symptoms, and then for how long and in what depth. So, things to consider, you know, taking a look at what's going on in your lifestyle and considering maybe making some changes if you are going through any of these symptoms. So, pre menopause. A little bit of gray area here because premenopause, some doctors and health institutions will say that premenopause is really anything from when you get your period up until perimenopause. But then there's these overlapping overlapping symptoms. Sorry, my, my tongue is getting tied today because I've uh, recorded a couple episodes, but uh, that pre and peri is where there is a little bit of gray area because again, you're experiencing uh, similar symptoms. So some of the pre Three menopausal symptoms that we can experience are fibroids, tender or lumpy breasts, endometriosis, PMS, difficulty conceiving or carrying pregnancy to term, sudden weight gain, fatigue, irritability, depression, foggy brain, memory loss, migraine headaches, heavy or light periods, bleeding between periods, cold hands or feet. And when we hear about the symptoms next, we get more to depth into those perimenopausal uh, symptoms. You're going to hear some similarities, like things like fatigue, Headaches, the heavier periods. But the symptoms I just described, they're all part of this premenopause phase, as defined by what your doctor may not tell you about premenopause. The book from Dr. John Lee, Dr. Jesse Hanley, and Virginia Hopkins, was published about the late 90s, but still very relevant. And they say that these symptoms are, and diseases and issues are really uh, created or caused by an excess of estrogen and deficiency of progesterone. We'll talk more about progesterone in a minute, but I just wanted to go through the different phases of basically our livelihood as a woman. So if you were looking at a chart and you're looking, you have two lines, you have an estradiol chart, uh, an estradiol line, excuse me, and a progesterone line, you know, in the childhood years that those two lines are steadily beginning to climb. You see more of a surge in those teen years into those early twenties, and you get into that, that reproductive years. And if you have a nice healthy flow thing You know, 25 25 days is typical, and then you have, you know, you can be anywhere from 24 to 35 days. Again, there's a range for the typical three to seven day uh, menses flow. Then you're going to see, I guess, puns intended, a nice flow of that estradiol um, and those. rises and dips in progesterone, again, just nice natural flows, and they're working together cohesively. And then you begin to see the decline as you go into perimenopause. And of course, we get that, that full decline as we go into menopause. Uh, when you are, specifically for this episode, the series, right, the perimenopause, we're really talking about that sort of, I guess you call it late stage premenopause and into your perimenopausal phase. And with perimenopause, if I was to go through all of the information and break it down, there are really – there. so some doctors, again, they're going to break it into er, very early stage, early stage, late menopause, uh, your menopause, and late perimenopause. Like that is just that's – a, that's a whole lot of stages, but let's just break it down into two. There's early stage perimenopause and late stage perimenopause. And what does that look like? So early stage perimenopause is really if we're, – we're talking, again, very typical – woman who's had a standard uh, menses throughout her life, that early stage perimenopause is going to be Around your early 40s to mid 40s, you're gonna see possibly shorter cycles, uh, worse in PMS. You're gonna find, you know, mid sleep awakening. Maybe you have some headaches, some weight gain, breast tenderness. And again, we'll dive into some more stuff next week. Uh, heavier periods is another one. Then you get that late stage perimenopause. Where we're talking, you know, again mid 40s upwards of early 50s. You're gonna start seeing the skipping of your periods, possibly some more night sweats and hot flashes, sleep disturbances. Uh, you know, more, so improve PMS, um, you know, periods, cramps, breasts, uh, breast tenderness symptoms, and things like that. Um, and again, uh, there are going to be, there's the, the folks who are going to fall on that heavier side of the symptom list. And there's folks who won't be experiencing, they'll just be kind of minor inconveniences and you might not see them as consistently. And when we get into the symptoms, we'll also talk about ways in that final episode that you can help to support your body as you're moving through these stages. But again, it's just kind of good to know where you're at. So if you are in your 40s and you're starting to feel you're starting to experience perfect example, heavier periods like I was experiencing, you can... Recognize right off the bat, like I am in early stage perimenopause. It's okay. Everything's good. You know, the problem comes in when we fart, start to, fart. <laughs> I think I just said the word fart, we start to see uh, symptoms at the more uh, severe side of the spectrum. So your heavier periods are very heavy. Um, and that would be means and cause for you to go speak to your healthcare practitioner. Now, if you're someone who has ease and access to tests and are able to test your hormones, that's so great. Uh, but the Symptom tracking is going to be the best thing for you because, really, until you get closer to menopause, and this is just new science coming out, the closer you get to menopause, uh, being able to test your hormones will be more helpful. Whereas when you're kind of in that you know end stage pre menopause into that early stage perimenopause, your hormones are still fluctuating so much, especially you have just that regular menses that being able to get one blood test done and then ride that one to the bank is not going to be helpful for you. You're going to have to test your hormones frequently. All right, let's talk about progesterone. And what is progesterone? Get ready to be wowed with my medical speak. (laughs) This is from ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. It's one of the reference sites that I love to go to to find really good, strong uh, research articles and information that I've given you in previous episodes. Uh, Progesterone is an endogenous steroid hormone that is commonly produced by the adrenal cortex, as well as the gonads, which consist of the ovaries and testes. Progesterone is also secreted by the ovarian corpus luteum during the first 10 weeks of pregnancy, followed by the placenta in the later phase of pregnancy. Furthermore, the molecule progesterone is a derivative of cholesterol and has numerous functions in the human body, especially within the reproductive system. So, just to layman that down for you, it's an extremely important hormone. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm reading this stuff, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so what do I really need to know? And again, it just it, it plays an important role in the body. And as I was saying earlier, with that pre-menopause, those symptoms of you know fibroids and tender breasts and endometriosis and things like that, recognizing that that is a deficiency in progesterone is really important, uh, especially if you are in the stage where you're still trying to conceive. So some symptoms you're going to experience as the progesterone in your body starts to increase, breast swelling, breast tenderness, might feel some little anxiety or agitation which is also side note when some individuals are going through IVF treatment and they get an increase in progesterone they can become very anxious Uh, you can also experience fatigue depression low libido and weight gain just as I did last week I wanted to give the flip side of some things that can happen when you have low estrogen which again going back to what I was saying earlier you can scan all the way back and write those down, it is all those things like the fibros, endometriosis, irritability, depression. You can have uh, one of the biggest one is just a shortened cycle, um, some spotting and um, you'll notice of course that increase in estrogen as the body tries to level itself out if you want a little science you can head over to uh, myclevelandclinic.org and they state that too little or too much of one hormone causes a chain reaction in the rest of your hormones in the case of progesterone it's balanced by estrogen having low progesterone can lead to having too much estrogen which causes symptoms like weight gain so back to what we were talking about earlier with those symptoms. So, again, being able to just track what's going on throughout your cycle, and you can use different apps for that. I use um, my Flow app. I've tried that one. I use, I think the other one's just called Flow. Um, I know a big one over in the UK is Clue. And with all apps, and you've heard me say this before, there is just a level of discrepancy there. Uh, when in terms of you know them defining when you're ovulating or defining full cycle length, so you know you can use those at your discretion, and then just write things down. Get a diary. Get back to writing to yourself, dear diary. Today I got my period. This is what I ate. This is how I slept. I do that. I have my. My notebook right here in front of me that I've been tracking. Um, I myself am trying to be more consistent in tracking it. I track it. I always get to the first part of my period. I start to track it, and then like day eight, I'm like, well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) because, uh, I get a little bit lazy, just like the rest of the the population when it comes to tracking things. I feel like I'm always tracking things. So, uh, you know, you write things down, you don't have to be like crazy about it, but really try to stay consistent within that, you know, let's call it a month cycle, because as you are, uh, you know, if you're still in a healthy menses, say you're talking about your late thirties, early forties, uh, into maybe, you know, you're in your mid-40s and you're experiencing you know, a pretty typical mensis, you want to be able to track your cycle. And I'm going to get into that in a future episode because there's different ways that we can really empower ourselves throughout the cycle. We are not uh, meant to be on the male cycle, which is basically a typical circadian cycle. We have the circadian cycle and we have our infradian cycle, and we should be tapping into that uh, and just getting to know our bodies on a, on a whole deeper, new, exciting level. So really what's happening here, friends, is that we're finding a reduction in estrogen because we're coming to the end of our reproductive years. The number of follicles that produce estrogen are beginning to decline, and then we see that fall in progesterone because it's only produced any great amount when we ovulate. So this is just a natural process to life, and not to get too obsessed with, you know, I'm in this stage and let it define you, but how can you support yourself as you're moving through these cycles and these phases of our life? oh my gosh, just to support our bodies and to start listening to them and helping them and loving them a little bit more rather than hating them as they're going through these stages. Your body is going to appreciate it so much more. I am learning myself. I'm learning us alongside with you. And if I may recommend, go listen to the episode with Amanda Thebe and Katie Taylor, who've both been through some really troubling perimenopausal stages and on the other side right now, thriving and advocating and just bringing amazing education out there into the world. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll see you next week for the symptoms episode.